So, like, by the time you get to, like, the late 20 teens, you could see something like a Donald Trump presidency or something just absurd. <laughs> I mean, is that, that is could that, never. Uh, okay. Who would write that? Okay. In this episode, Ahsoka's dream becomes a nightmare. Ara Singh plants a kiss of death. And the Jedi once again defend the elites. We'll discuss Clone Wars episodes 3732 and Tales of the Jedi 3 in this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 11 Parsecs Podcast. This is episode 38. My name is Eric. I'm here with my good buddy John. And uh, we are coming to you on the old 420 today. Uh, Going to be reviewing two different um, episodes of The Clone Wars and an episode of Tales of the Jedi. Been a little while. I think it's been about two or three weeks since we recorded, John. Been doing uh, pretty good? I, I have. I've been very busy, which yes. is always good with various things in life. Yeah, it feels like the end of the school year just gets kind of crazy uh, with um, family stuff and trying to record podcasts and watching all these different episodes. But we did go a little bit out of order this week. We are watching... Uh, Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 7, and Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 2. And for those that don't listen to the podcast, please remember that we actually go by the BBY order of all the new canon stuff that we're watching. Uh, we put our stake in the sand probably about two years ago when we started the podcast, and we have a list. We call it The List. There's a link on our website. And it is all of the new canon stuff up until that point that was in BBY order, and we are slowly going through it. This is our 38th podcast, and we've probably watched, or we're up to 21 BBY, if I remember correctly, but we're the Clone Wars Clone Wars are a pretty long um, show that didn't move that far in BBY, so we're moving through Season 3 right now. Uh, so if you hear us talking about podcasts that are out of order a little bit, that's why. That's why we're watching the 7th and then the, going back to the 2nd. Um, before I babble on anymore, John, uh, do you have a beer tonight? I do indeed. In fact, I think we may even have the same beer. Did we have the same beer? Did you really? Do you really have the birthday? Well, I gave it to you, so of course I have to enjoy it with you. Oh, this looks this looks delicious, and I like the. Uh, it's kind of like the um, the old like eighties skateboard kind of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like deck art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it is the uh, hazy birthday to me by Beer Zombies Brewing Company. Where are they at? Do you know? They are in San Diego. San Diego, California. A child was born at the height of the eclipse of the sun. 46 years later, he begins to consume the people around him, even the brewers. Hazy birthday to me. A birthday celebration beer for the founder of Beer Zombies. All right, I'm ready to dive into this one. Have you had this one Absolutely. yet? Have you tried it? I, I must say, I did have it uh, last week. Okay. Uh, and um, so, I'm not going to say a word. Okay, let's, let's, let's crack them up. Three, two, one. Ah, there we go. Pouring into glass. Yeah, you better pour this into glass. Sit for a second. Oh man, yeah, I was about to say I didn't do a good pour here. I think I'm gonna be sitting for. I'm gonna try some, but then I think I'm gonna be sitting. Just for smell a it, though. Just smell it. Smell it. Yeah, that's a hazy man. Wow, this is this is this is a, this is an incredible beer. Well, let me try it. Yeah, that's a good beer. That's, that's a good beer. That's like the sweet spot for me. That's like, yeah, it's hoppy, but not like super hoppy. Oh man, that's good. That's a good beer. That is a very good beer. Thank you very much. Yeah, do, yeah, double IPA, not quite nine percent. That is a very precise ABV, eight point seven seven. They're measuring it, man. You can do that. You know what's coming out of the bag? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Okay. I wonder. Um, I wonder how uh, how much they made of this since it sounds like a birthday type deal. I wonder if this guy's going to go away. We need to go stock up. Uh, yeah, I'll let you go to our local um establishment and feel free to stock up. Uh-oh. Did you grab the last ones? No, I think there were some more, but let's just say that enjoy the beer. Okay. Just excellent. enjoy the beer. All right. I'll enjoy the beer. I'll enjoy the beer. All right, man. So uh, we're talking about uh, the first episode that we're talking about, Clone Wars Season 3, The Assassin. Um, you want to jump right in? Yeah. All right. So so uh, that we're still kind of in that same arc where it's Ahsoka versus uh, Arsing. Um, Ahsoka's unable to go with Anakin Obi Wan on whatever mission they're going on, and Ahsoka stays back, but then starts seeing what are really forced visions, and starts and starts saying that that Padme is going to become under attack, and she needs to go with Padme wherever Padme is going. Padme is going to some conference or something that she can't get out of. And um, this was a neat episode. This, I mean, it, it shows we've done these like one-off episodes where it's Ahsoka and somebody else. Like, remember the one where she lost her lightsaber? 
and yep. these like kind of like just Ahsoka esque episodes. And I've enjoyed them, but I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more because it got more into like the mystique of Yoda, like really teaching her that these are Force visions. They're not going to be correct, but they're going to tell you something that you need to know. Well, I, I like the fact that it, it deals with visions because that's a really deep topic that you can really dig into. It's if you get past the surface level. Yeah. I mean, think about the concept of having a vision, right? First of all, uh, she has that one vision that kind of comes across like a dream, and she bolts out of bed, and she runs down to Padme's room, and she uh, stands with a lightsaber, you know, protecting Padme, and everybody's like, well, what are you doing? That's got to be really unsettling to, to be shaken like that out of a dream. Well, and think about it, too, because this is after Anakin's run in and killed those, like, centipede things from episode yeah. two. So, I mean, she's used yeah. to people, like, running into, like, like waking her up, being like, hey, 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 you're in danger, you're in danger. But this time, there's nothing there. So it's, there's yeah, nothing it, there because she had a vision, and right. she wasn't prepared for it. So that's got to be really, that's got to be very unsettling. Just really unsettling. To have a vision like that, have it seem very real. How do you decide if it's a vision versus just a dream? Well, also, too, you have Yoda sitting here telling you that, like, you have to trust this. Like, you need to concentrate on this because it is a very big deal and something's going to happen. But he also, like, looks you 10 seconds later and says, you can't trust anything you see, though. Like, it, like it's not right. going to happen as you see it's going to happen. It's not fate. It's just a different variation of fate that may happen. And, I mean, how confused do you have to be? You're already having these visions that you were not experiencing beforehand. And then, to be fair, it sounds like there's only, like, a certain sub-level of Jedi that can actually do this. So well, that that was a big question I had is it, why yeah why certain Jedi and it gets to the broader issue of why do certain Jedi develop certain Force powers? Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And you have like like we'll talk about in the next episode, but you have like Obi Wan with a kind of animal husbandry power. Then you mm -hmm. have the Force the Force visions, which I think we've really only seen this a couple of times so far. We've seen it in Ahsoka Yoda. Um, was it who was it was it? Obi-Wan that had the vision of, um, we watched an episode probably about three or four podcasts ago where somebody kept having the vision of something was going to happen inside of a, like his Greek looking temple. Oh, what, what episode was that? I forget. I'll have to go back and review. And then yeah, we've also, and then we've also seen, um, Sifo-Dyas in the Doku Jedi Lost was having visions, although his kind of led him to be a little bit crazy. Um, and went down like a, a kind of a dark path. And yeah. that's, and that's I, and really I all I can think of. To. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's got to mess with your mind. If you, it's got to mess with your mind. I, I think that it would really, it has to have led some Jedi to just just go insane. And I wonder yeah. if that's where Yoda's coming in. Is he's just like, okay, I, I know what this is. I've got to teach you, or it's not going to go well. You know, like like looking at Sifo-Dyas, and I, I feel like we've also had other visions too. I know that, um, yeah, it's got to be a powerful thing for you know just a normal human to deal with, or not a normal human, but a normal Jedi to deal with. And then you've got Yoda, who I guess kind of like is a little bit of a tutor here and that he has them also. But I mean, it, it strikes me as like, it's a very certain class of Jedi that gets to have these. And, well, and it's not just that it's not just a certain type or certain Jedi. It's certain visions. What, who's deciding what you get to see, right? Yeah. Why don't you yeah. see something utterly mundane that, you know, I had a vision. And I went to the bathroom. You know I mean? Why, why, and I know what the answer is, okay? The answer is that the plot says that you need to see something crucial coming up in order to drive the plot. But taking it out of that, what is determining what a Jedi sees? So, so I'm going to go a different route and say what determines how far the Jedi sees. And the reason I say that is that you know all the Jedi have these Jedi-like reflexes. Like, and you saw, we saw that with the third episode that we'll talk about today. Um, they kind of can detect when something's behind them. They, they know when somebody's about to shoot at them. Like, that's part yeah, of being a Jedi. Sense. Yeah, it's like a spider sense, yeah. But they're only looking two to three seconds ahead. Whereas we see Ahsoka dream up something that's going to happen in two to three days. You well, know, so okay. it's like, so it's so, like, so how far we, out can you extend your, your mind vision, your force we visions? Have, we have dealt with uh, or seen the holocrons, right? The Jedi prophecies. Those are yeah. thousands of years. Yeah, but that's different, though, isn't it? How I mean, is that's, it different? That, is that not a vision? It's a vision, but it's more along the lines of, like, a macro view and not a micro view. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like it's more of, like, 
I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay, like the prophecy of, of Anakin. and Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I agree with you to a point. I'll agree with you to a point. I still think it's more along the lines of we've seen this super... Well, okay, yeah. We've seen this super far-off vision that we think is going to happen, and we don't know anything about it because it's such a great area. But there's going to be somebody that, you know, is born with all these midichlorians or whatever they call them, you know, and then flips back over to the other side, but then in the end flips back over. I mean, you know, yeah, I think it's a vision, but I also don't know that it's what, like, necessarily Ahsoka's doing. Like, she's, like, seeing, like... This is going to happen to this person I care about that I know. I'm the only one that sees this because I know this person. And it's going to happen in the next two, three days, and I've got to protect them. Yeah. I mean, but then again, that maybe goes back to my point of maybe only normal Jedi see, like, you know, two, three seconds ahead of time. or Normal Jedi? Like, normal Jedi? You're, you're, you're force-shaming now? I'm force-shaming. I'm sitting back and saying, saying, you are not as good as this guy because he knows what sandwich I'm going to eat in ten minutes. Whereas you... <laughs> Only know that I'm walking toward the fridge. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I feel like we're going to learn a lot more during this series about the different types of force powers more than maybe we learned in Master Apprentice, Doku Jedi Lost. Doku Jedi Lost had a lot of it in there because because that's whenever we learned about the the Seekers. Is that what they're called? The the guys who go out and try to find the force sensitive kids and like yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there that I think was kind of newer when it came to your job, your class, your archetype as a Jedi, but um. But this was neat. Let's, let's keep talking about um, Ara Singh ends up trying to kill Padme, and Pad it's stopped by um, Ahsoka, only to find out that it's uh, oh, what's her name? I love I love the Southern Lady Hut. Uh, what is her name? Oh, Zero the Hut. Zero the Hut. I think I think it's supposed to be a, a female Hut, but uh, I love the accent. We've seen her before uh, earlier in the series, and this was back like I think, during season one. But she talks like this, and she's a Jedi. It's almost like Real Avaros, if you remember Real Avaros. It, the it, it is. Jedi. It is a. It's a little off-putting. It's a little, little is it? distracting. I yes. like it. I like it. It's it's so cartoony. It, it's it is a very it is. cartoony voice, and it just it breaks me out of it. Does it really? Yeah, I kind of like oh, it. it was, oh yeah. So we get to see her at the very end of the episode, and then they go visit her to figure out who hired Ara Singh. Um, yeah, I, I, it was it was a good episode. It wasn't it wasn't one of my favorites, but it, it was a very developmental episode for Ahsoka. And I'm definitely feeling like the first two seasons were like, let's see how the clones develop, and now we're starting to really dive into Ahsoka and see how Ahsoka develops under you know the tutelage of of Anakin. Um, is that the drift you're getting, or are you getting a little bit? Because we remember we saw her in the last two episodes where she was teaching all the the kids. Um, yeah, you know, it, it feels like we're just really character developing her this season, and that's a new focus in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say that uh, I really enjoyed this episode because they did not do the Star Trek thing of someone says, I have a vi- or, you know, I had a weird thing happen to me, and you obviously are mentally ill. You, weird things have never happened to us before. You know, it's just, it's always bizarre when shows do that. So in this show where they treated it seriously, oh, you have a vision. Okay. Well, let's deal with that. That was refreshing. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. And also, too, the fact that. She immediately knows to go to Yoda, and Yoda immediately knows what's going on. Like that's what that was kind of neat to me because it's like his wisdom has seen this before, and he knows what to do to help you. Right. And 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 maybe you know, and maybe Anakin really doesn't possess that skill because he's never dealt with it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was very neat. I thought it was very neat that she kind of learns from Yoda a little bit in this and says, uh, you know, this is going to be super confusing for you. I'm not an expert by any means in it, but at least I can help you with it. All right, so now we're jumping back in time to, I shouldn't say back in time, it's only like four or five episodes beforehand, five episodes beforehand, but we're going to jump back to uh, Season 3, Episode 2, which is Arc Troopers, which is supposedly happens um, next in BBY order, even though we're still in the year 21 BBY, um, and we're dealing with Asajj again. Uh, it, this episode, to me, was really cool just because, A, I love episodes about Kamino. And I love that planet. Yep. Like, I think that the whole clone army and the clone development is one of my probably favorite parts of uh, the prequel series. Um, I, I really just kind of enjoy that whole, like, um, like element or, or bio, what do you call them? Like a bio, not a biosphere, but a bio uh, environment, um, bio, oh, what do you call it, man? I forget what you call it. Like, <laughs> if you hadn't asked. I know. Bio, I know where you're going for it. I know. It's, uh, it's not biosphere. It's more like a biological. Is it biosphere? It's just biosphere. I don't I know. I'll, I'll remember we're gonna it. We're going to say biosphere. All right, we're going to say biosphere. I'll remember it halfway through the, my conversation, and then I'll remember it. But I just like the fact that Shock T's on Camino. Um, what did you think of this episode? I mean, I, I really – this was probably my favorite episode that we've seen of season three so far. It probably will move to that later on. I mean, is that what you got from this? Like, I really enjoy this episode. 
Yeah, it was it was a really good episode. Um, the right off the bat, the uh, the squid droid things, yes, the, the, yes. You know, the attack, yeah, that that's cool, yeah, that's super cool, yeah. And I had that in my notes too. And then um, also the thing that like Obi Wan rides, like how he just kind of like makes friends with these big beasts, like yeah. randomly. Like I love that. Like I love that about it because he did that back in like Master and Apprentice where the they were doing that race and he just finds this one horse-like, this I should say horse-like creature, but this like horse-like dinosaur that he rides that just, he has a communication with and all that. And I love the fact that, you know, you see that same animal come back like later in the episode, which is pretty cool to save him. And um, yeah, spoiler alert. But uh, also too, I really enjoyed the clothes, like like seeing 99 again, which is really cool. And yep. then seeing him pass away, which is, you know, it, it, it sucked. I was I was really kind of amazed they killed him off. I really was. But um, it the, seemed like it was, uh, the writing seemed to be on the wall. Did you see? I didn't yeah. expect it. I expected him to not be. I expected him to be a useful clone that everybody respects at the end of the episode. I didn't. I didn't expect him to have the last words are "I'm a soldier like you" and then die. <laughs> like I, I was just kind of like, "Ooh, that's kind of brutal." I mean, that's like, oof. If if he had gained some newfound respect uh, in the end, then no, that would not have surprised me. But I just felt like your 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 numbers up, buddy. I did feel like that the other clones treated him, especially like whenever, um, this feels bad to say, but like whenever it was uh, the two clones that ended up becoming our troopers, um, all the younglings or all the, uh, the, the the younger clones and the 99 are like holed up in this area and you have all these battle droids that are coming in and they've got to devise a plan to do it. It was a really good plan. I think that they felt like 99 was part of the team the entire time. So like, I, I like that element of it. I mean, it wasn't like they treated him and the kids as second class sisters. They're like shoving the kids in the sleeping pods and being like, you take this gun, and when we tell you, you jump out and you shoot. Like, it was like a real, like, we're being attacked. Everybody's got to play their part here. Yeah, but they also told him several times, didn't they? Like, you don't belong here. You know, get back. Yeah, or or don't go get the grenade, the extra grenades or what have you. And yes, he did defy him in the end, and that's what killed him. But, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like that they, they treated him a little bit more fairly than I thought they would treat him. Is that the best way to say it? Because it always seems like to me that, like, they really looked down on 99, like, earlier in the... I think it was last season, actually, that we first saw him. Um, and those those prequel clones, not prequel clones, it's a bad way to say it, but those um, those uh, first couple of clones that didn't do well, I guess you could say, and uh, or the first batches, maybe. I don't know. We never really get into how many clones were created in those first batches, but I'm assuming since he's number 99 that he was you know early in the development process. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like they kind of looked down on those guys, and this one they treated him fairly, and then in the end, pretty respectfully, too. I, yeah, I don't know. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, right. I, it, they could have gone in the direction of uh, looking down on him, but um, it was good they didn't do that. And then, plus I have in my notes, you get Kenobi vs. Grievous, Asajj vs. Mm-hmm. Anakin, and then you get spider Crawl mm-hmm. Grievous. That's a pretty good ending of an episode to me. That's like Yeah, pretty... anytime he's a spider crawl, that yeah. just is so creepy. Yeah, when you get spider Crawl Grievous, that's, that's like an A-plus in my book. But I'm just saying this was a very action-packed episode. I, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. not only do you have the water battles, you have the awesome... Squid robots. You also have the ones yep. that attach to the Kaminoans' uh, buildings and like let the troops out and everything, which I thought was really cool. And then, um, yeah, and then you have the kiss from massage, which was unexpected. But I mean, I I, I, I love you said that because it's in my notes. I was like, that is just sick. Yeah, that was uh, that was sick. Uh, yeah, she's uh, I, I she her character is growing on me just because of how evil she is and how much she does not care. Like on, uh, what was I, go- I keep going back to Doku, the audiobook thing, but she was brutal in that, brutal in that book too. I mean, she was ready to kill Doku multiple times, or Tyrannus at that point, I guess. Or no, he was still Do- Doku at that point. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, it was legitimate, like, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think she's she's growing on me as just the, the pure evil face Filoni character. You know what I mean? Like, just like, he doesn't care what he does with her. He's going to make her so evil if he wants to. I I hated that I could see where the ending was, you know, going. Yeah. They get away again. It's just, you you see it coming and you hate it. Yeah, I think so. I think, I feel like with, what, 20 episodes or 18 episodes in each season, you're not going to get any real development until something pivotal, maybe at the middle of the season where you see a baddie changeover or something like that. I just don't feel like we're going to see that this early. But um, they've got to keep using these characters for a while. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it goes on for multiple seasons. But, yeah, I just feel like everything's going to be getting away in the end. I mean, it's just this, like, scrappy war where, like, you try to do something and then the person escapes. And then the next time they're ahead of you and they escape. And, you know, when you see her look up, when you see uh, Asajj look up and see the ship coming to pick her up, you're just kind of like, okay, here we go. You know what I mean? It's not going to – nothing's going to change. 
I know you you got to watch out for the the whole GI Joe Cobra thing. You know, this yeah, it yeah. just gets so repetitive. It does. It does. And I think that that unless you start to see more character development inside the episodes, this one I don't think actually had as much character development um nah. for anybody as much nah, as the last one really. did. Yeah, this was right. more of just a, a pure battle episode, I guess you call it. I mean, it was just more along the lines of like we're going to show everybody fighting because it's really cool. Maybe show another new move or something by somebody, but that was about it. But I think it was really well executed, and I enjoyed the fact that it was on Camino, and I enjoyed the fact that we saw a lot of new like tech and other things like that. I don't know, it was pretty good. It was a good episode. I definitely rate this one higher than the first one. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, much more action. You gotta love that squid droids. All right, we're back on our tales of the Jedi. So we we missed this last week. Um, but we're, we're still going through Tales of the Jedi. Uh, this is not necessarily in canon order. So this is, you know, some of this is jumping back, some of this is jumping forward. Um, but we just decided that we'd take, like we do with Visions, we decided we'd take the series and kind of like add one in pretty much every podcast. Just to have something new and fresh for us to watch also. Just kind of keep it from uh, the kind of, uh, I'm not going to say boring Clone Wars episodes, but to get us through all the different Clone Wars episodes. Because, of course, our job is to watch every single thing, read every single thing, listen to every single thing in the new canon. Um Tales of the Jedi Three Choices. This might be my favorite thus far. I like the Ahsoka episode. It was good. I like mm-hmm. the uh, the last episode with Qui Gon. Um, it was good. This one was really interesting because it paired up Doku and Mace, which is two people I really never think about together. Did you agree with that? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you can definitely see both of those characters as you see them, you know, throughout the movies, acting in the way that they would, and also you see them. You get a little bit of reasoning behind their decisions, in my opinion. I mean, um, I don't... Uh, yeah, this has been out for a while, so we can go ahead and talk about it. Uh, really quickly, there's a Jedi that's killed. Both of them are sent to go investigate the the shooting and bring the body back. They end up feeling a little weird about the fact that things are not really right. And Mace, being the kind of upstanding Jedi, wants to go back to the Council and talk to the Council about it to figure out what the, their next move should be. And Doku's like, no, we're going to figure this out now. We're going to figure out what's going on. Another Jedi was killed. We need to figure this out. And um, both of them try to execute their plans, uh, and then basically Doku kind of wins, and in the process, Mace has to kill somebody that maybe shouldn't have been killed, but he understands he had to do it. And then there's a little bit of friction in them after this because of the way Doku acted, kind of jumped on it. And uh, you can tell even when they get back, I I think that the kind of icing on the cake for me is the very last part of this episode where... Doku kind of confronts Mace and was like, did you know that you were going to get the seat on the council before we even went on this mission? And uh, he, he kind of like hesitantly, like politically says, no, of course not. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he didn't really say no either. He kind of alludes to the fact that it would have affected anything or something of that nature. And I thought that was kind of weird, but it does, definitely shows you that Mace is kind of vying on the political spectrum. And that Doku yeah. is also kind of sitting back being like, what is going on here? Like, what are we doing? Are we effective? I don't know. Yeah, you get a sense the eventually, right? Doku has to to turn against the Jedi, so this is sort of flavoring in that. The um, there was there was a line that I wrote down that the Jedi are, the Jedi are the lapdogs of the Senate, which is what one of the guys yells before he pulls a gun on Mace, and Mace has to block the fire and uh, yeah. shoot the guy. They and, are correct. And, yeah, and well, well, that's what's really funny is that you see Mace. Like, he's very well drawn in this episode. Both the characters, all the characters are really well drawn. But Mace kind of feels like, I can't believe you said that. Like, you can see it in his face. He's like, I cannot believe you said that. Um, and then fired upon me. You know, I'm, I'm not glad I killed you, but you had it coming. Whereas Doku's, like, very pensive about it. Like, he sits back and is kind of like, I mean, we just saw him on the last adventure with Qui-Gon. Where both of them are, like, going to that, remember they went to that that city where the, the senator's son was being held. And the barn oh, yeah. and the mechs and all that kind of stuff. And you can even see Doku there, like, just losing his temper. Going, you know, ape crap. You know, yep. just being like, oh, like, let's get this done. We, we need to get this done. This is stupid. What are we doing here? And then you see him on this one where he's kind of sitting back. And even at the end of the episode when he goes and talks to the prisoner and he's like, I understand your reasoning behind doing all this. I just don't like the way you did it. You know what I mean? And you definitely are starting to see Doku move toward that. We're not doing the right thing kind of vibe. Like, like we are lapdogs of the Senate. We are not protecting anybody. We're pretty much being utilized. And it's ironic to me that it just moves him into the fact that he helps that out i don't know that that's probably the the biggest question with my character with his character thus far and you know it was it was talked about a little bit in some of the doku stuff we read earlier but just the fact that he is so disgusted with the jedi that he ends up being what the jedi 
we're against, but it's not it's not in the same fashion of I'm going to go do this the right way. It's that I don't like you guys at all, and I think you're all fake, and I'm going to go join the other side. That's what's still a little bit of a missing piece for me. I mean, are you on the same page? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact is, we discussed this uh, with that other Tales of the Jedi. The the Jedi are on the side of the, the, the powerful, the, the wealthy, the, the status quo, the elites, what, however you want to phrase it in the current uh, political terminology that we're seeing here in our country. And there's no way out of that. What are they going to do? Turn against the Senate? The guy literally says in the thing, uh, uh, you guys are only here for the protection of the rich. Like, he literally, like, yeah. that, that's his wording. And Doku's definitely listening to it. Maze is still kind of like, no, we're heroes, you know. But it's it's a very weird dynamic. And, and I really enjoyed this episode just seeing those two dynamics together. Um, and then I did not expect the kind of fast one pulled. Or I shouldn't say fast one pulled because I don't necessarily know that Mace was meaning to not let Doku know that he was going to be joining um, or having a seat you know, on the council, but mm-hmm. I thought it was neat that Doku was taken aback by it a little bit. Like he was, I, you could tell it his voice, or at least the, the cartoon acting that he really was like, did you know this before we went? And then Mace kind of like sidesteps the question. And I was just like, that's pretty, that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's another, another sort of lever pushing Doku, you know, kind of pushing him out. Good episode. Very good art. I really enjoy the art on these episodes. I really do. Like it's very, um, it's almost it's it's almost like um, Spider Man uh, into the multiverse. Like it's very, it's not as as crazy as that. Like it's not as uh, it's not as blunt and in your face. But the art style looks the same. Do you agree? Like it's very. I can't it, say I thought of Into the Spider Verse. No, but you didn't. Um, okay. Nah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think back uh, really quickly. I guess I can see why you say that, but no, it didn't occur to me. I just, but no, it is very well done. I feel like it's like I feel like they're drawing more in 3D than they are 2D. Is that is that it's more like this computer generated 3D modeling yeah. of how the character would look versus I'm drawing this out to look 3D. All right, so for the back half of the podcast, we usually like to talk about geeky things we're watching and reading and playing and everything else. John, you want to start us off, or I have my list. Do you want to talk about your list? You go first. Uh, there's one thing. I mean, there I, I have a list of things because uh, it's been a while and I consume media regularly. But there's one that I really have to talk about. I don't know if you've seen it for all mankind. I have not seen it. It's on my <sighs> list. You have continued to rave about it on our Discord for yes the past because uh, this is this is like a long running show. This is like the fourth season, third season, Uh is there uh, um, fifth season? season? It's been, it's been around no, a while. It's at least three. I want to say the the fourth is coming. Okay, okay. So so three seasons. This is on Apple, isn't it? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. So I just um, binged, binged it hardcore. So what is your, uh, I, I've been getting snippets of your opinion on the show. What is your, where, did you finish all three seasons? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I can't wait for more. Um, all I knew about it uh, going into it was that it was alternate history. You know, what if the Russians landed on the moon before us <clears throat> and every, everything stems off of that. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Big deal, because uh, a lot of the uh, advertising for it really uh, focuses on, uh, and we have women astronauts. I'm like, okay, so what exactly? What, what are you trying to say? It is really well done. Alternate history. Uh, the the us losing the moon race. They take that and they they show how that could have just radically altered. Uh, do you mean like our? It, it, you don't have to get too much in the show because I do actually want to watch it. Is it like? Radically altered our economic situation, which then oh, they, yeah, led to they, other things. By, by the time you get to, I guess it's season three. I should really know what season I just watched. But uh, you're in the 90s, and it, they live in a different oh, world. Oh, wow. They okay, live so you, so you jump ahead. World. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, it, it does a lot of time jump. Uh, and it does it in a very nice way, because uh, you're seeing the same characters. And they do a pretty good job. I mean, you know, aging them up a little bit. So, well, yeah, um, 90s. I mean, you're talking 30 years jumped in the heads. Yeah. Um, do you think that it'll ever get past current today? Like, do you think it's going to go like into the future, future, like a civilization video game, or like? I have no idea where they're going. I really don't. Well, so this uh, was I don't this is say com- too much. Is this completely fresh? Like, this is new. Like, so they, like they read this for the series, or is this based off like a book? I don't know if it's based on anything at all. Because I enjoyed uh, what was the Amazon series? Oh, Man in High Castle. 
Yeah. Yeah, like that was pretty yeah, good, yeah. but that was, I believe, based off of a book. And they, they may have expanded on the book after they ran out of material, but um, that was a good alternate universe, but it didn't really leave the same time period. Like it, it was all like kind of within the context of after the war. Um, so that's... Soon that, after the war, yeah. That's kind of cool that this is jumping ahead almost to the 90s, though. I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's that's a very big yeah, and jump. They they use it to show you uh, progress, uh, you know, like building a base on the moon, that kind of thing. Uh, again, very effectively, it allows them to tell bigger stories. Um, just briefly on Man in the High Castle, I don't know if we ever talked about that, but man, that that just went nowhere. That went off the rails stupid in like, what was it, season three? Yeah, I watched season one and then got halfway through season two. And, and actually, that was one of the ones where it didn't fade away from me. I just quit watching it. Like, yeah. you, usually with yeah. me... If you don't keep me like entertained in season two, I'll fade away over season two. I think I got like two or two or three episodes into that, and was just like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like I, it was a conscious decision. I don't want to watch this anymore. I want to go find they, they something set else up to watch. Such, and, and, yeah, we don't need to get too deep into it, but they set up such wonderful uh, possibilities and then just pissed all over. And see, I wonder if that's where the the. And I'm pretty sure it was based on a book. Um, I wonder if the book material ended, and then you're stuck with okay, where do we go from here? And then it just didn't work out i don't i don't know i I don't want to i don't want to guess just because i really haven't studied that much about man high castle but like i said i really enjoyed the first season was hooked i mean and actually those first two or three episodes i was really hooked i was like this is amazing like this is like a very interesting concept to me and then season one ended it was good then i got a little bit into season two i was like no i'm done oh no i was just gonna say i'm eager to i'm eager to try this one i really enjoy the fact that you jump ahead so much that's a neat thing to me because you're not staying in your comfort zone you're having to look out 30 years that's pretty cool um, and, and I can say this without spoiling anything. They, they do the whole Forrest Gump effect very well, where they portray things that happened in, in reality. Right. Um, but they portray them like happening in this alternate world. And sometimes it's got a different spin on it. Sometimes it's the same thing. And it's just, they do, they do a really good job with that. So when you jump to the nineties and, and if this is going to spoil anything for the show, don't please don't tell me, but like, if you jump to the nineties, do you still have the same political figures and power in the nineties, just with less power or more power, or like whatever the storyline dictates, do you still see like a George Bush or Ronald Reagan, or is it somebody that you never would have expected? And that's kind of the back to the future edge of it. I think it's safe to say that you, history starts to diverge right in 69 or actually prior to that, but really in 69 and the seventies going through the seventies, it diverges just a a little bit more, a little bit more. And then by the time you get into the late eighties, you're, it's totally different. So like by the time you get to like the late 20 teens, you could see something like a Donald Trump presidency or something just absurd. <laughs> I mean, is that, that is could it, never. Okay. Who would write that? Okay. Yeah. I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed the whole Encino Man concept of waking up to like 2016. Oh my God. And being like, well, not, not the full on Encino Man because you don't even know what presidents are, but I'm just saying like, like, and being like in a coma or something and be like, who's the president here? You know, that, that kind well, of thing. Well, they pulled that in Back to the Future, of course. Yeah, I right? know. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, the actor? The... Then tell me, future boy. <laughs> Who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? The, yeah. yeah, the actor, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that is true. I forgot about the Ronald Reagan part. Yeah, so so it sounds like a very interesting thing. I'm going to add it to the queue. Um, is it going to be one of those that, and it sounds like it was for you based off our Discord conversations, uh, it sounds like it was definitely one of those ones where you trekked all the way through all three seasons straight. Oh, you once you stop, but well, once you start, yeah. you can't stop. Yeah, yeah, that's that's and that's what I'm worried about because I, I like there's other shows that are like just coming out right now that I'm like I want to be able to see. I mean, you know, so it's I don't know. It's yeah. so we, just today, right? We had the the SpaceX. Um, what is it called again? The Super Heavy uh, launch, Super Heavy no, Starship. No, Starship, just called Starship. Well, yeah, okay. it, it is a Super the Heavy. The whole stack, the yeah, big yeah. full stack. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, that didn't work. Yeah, you you were you were uh, tweeting about it, you know, talking about it on Discord. This show is right up your alley. I, I know, mean, if you're I a know. space guy, if you're a, a history guy, uh, if you're a sci-fi guy, it it's got it's got all that in spades. And it's Apple. I mean, Apple puts the money into it. I mean, they don't they don't shy away from making a show 
as good as they can make it. You know what I mean? Like they they it they have a small uh, palette of shows to work with, so they're very good about putting money into the show. Lasso being you know one on the forefront. Like, like it's just they're they're very good about putting the money forth for it. So I will end up watching this. I know I will end up watching this. It'll probably be fairly soon too. What, what else have you been doing, Eric? <laughs> ah, so uh, so we we won't talk about it today. We'll talk about it on a future episode. But did finish up Mando, which we talked a little bit about today. Um. I found that we just watched the season finale. We're not going to give any spoilers on this podcast, I promise. We, we try to only talk about old stuff and spoilers that comes from uh, stuff that we're going through on the new canon. But I do want to get a 1 through 100 view from you on the last episode because I feel like it's a little divisive to people. Not 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 a, really? not, a, not a huge bit of divisiveness, but some Why divisiveness. Would it be divisive? Why would it be divisive? We could talk about it after this. After 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 we get done the recording. Um, one to one hundred on just the last episode. A lot of people have been down on this season. No, no, don't, which don't, I think don't, is... don't. So compare it to all twenty-four chapters. This is the twenty-four okay. chapter compared to all the other Mando Mandos up until now. What did you think? Or maybe you should compare it to just the season enders because that's usually where the fireworks happen. Um, yeah, you you tell me any Disney Disney any Disney <clears throat> Plus show. What is your one to one hundred number for that? And if you want to give well, me a barometer, like if you want to say, well, the uh. You know. No, my gold standard. The end of season three of Live and Maddie. I mean, give yeah. Me so I was touch that. I was thinking season two, episode two of Dog with a Blog. That guy landed. Hard. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's nope, 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 nope. That's crap. So, uh, uh the the uh, was it was it the first uh, season that ended with uh, good old Luke Skywalker? That was yes. Was that that two? was no. It was one. one. Yeah, two that was, was the, one. Yeah, yeah, two was the one where he was learning to use the dark saber. Yeah, so yes, yeah, yeah. you are correct. <clears throat> that was better. Okay, because nostalgia. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. It's Luke Skywalker, and it was done so well. It's it was so, well. so cool. I agree. Um, this was very good. I can't say I was like wowed by it. It was really good. Solid, solid ending. Best episode uh, of the and, season. Uh, you made me trying to remember all the episodes of the season. Um, do, do can you hit me with some, like, what do you think was the best episode of the season? I think this was the best episode of the season. Okay, what do you think was the best episode of the season outside of this episode, outside of the finale? Uh, the Luke, I'm trying to remember. The Luke Skywalker episode was great. The only thing that's hard about Mando is it merges in so much with other shows. Uh, seriously, yeah. That, that you you got to remember what's, you know, what, <clears throat> what's Oh, I can tell you this. Fat, I did want to, I wanted to, to state this for the record. Okay. The episode where they go to, I don't remember the name of the planet, but they were going so that Bo-Katan get, could get her fleet back, and they had to do the side quest of going into the big dome ball city uh, with Jack Black. Oh, yeah, the one with and Jack Tom. Black and Lizzo? Yeah. That was a Clone Wars episode. Yeah, that, that was a Clone Wars episode top to bottom. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally agree with that. And we've been watching Clone Wars so much recently that I, I definitely considered that. I was like, exactly the this same is, this is, a, this is a very, and it's funny because I was trying to remember like what other, and I don't, and this getting back into Book of Boba Fett versus uh, Mandalorian and some other stuff. I was trying to remember what episode was the one with Thundercat. Do you know who Thundercat is? He's kind of a rap. Thundercat. Yeah, he's, 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 he's no, no. He's, he's kind of like a he's kind of a, a a rapper slash producer slash a bunch of other stuff. He played the doctor, and I think it was actually Book of Boba Fett. He played the doctor with all the different with a hand that had all the different tools on it. And I think it was the first season of Book of Boba Fett, maybe, where he would like operate on people, and the the guys were like the hipsters oh. that drove the little motorcycle thing. Yes, and, that was that was the Book of Boba. Yeah, that was him. And I felt like oh. and immediately when I saw Lizzo and Jack Black, I compared it to him. And his character mm-hmm. to me was like super believable. Like if you don't know who that is, you're thinking this is just some actor doing this. And then the Jack Black-Lizzo thing, I don't – again, I'm not trying to spoil anything. If you haven't caught up, catch up. But but I, was, I, did, I didn't it – didn't, it didn't hit me as hard as that other episode did. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like this last episode, while being rushed, it was – it was only like 40 minutes. Like that was a lot to cram into forty minutes. Um, well, yes, yeah, it was a lot to cram and, into forty and, minutes, and, and and they had it was a second part of a series. So I mean, I, I kind of get you know the, the season ender was technically two episodes, but I felt that it was pretty darn good to me. I, I felt that I I enjoyed most of it. There's a few aspects I didn't, but overall, I felt it was pretty good season ender. I really do. It felt like a good movement forward for all the characters. It felt like. We got a lot of um, resolving on a lot of stuff, and I I thought it was pretty good. I thought I thought it was good. 
you you have to love the uh, the aerial battle with the with all the Mandalorians and the and yeah. The, and remember, not not too much, not too much, not too much spoilers, but yes, I completely know. But exa- I mean, these these ex- guys have jetpacks. Exactly. It's about time you saw them fighting in the air. I know exactly the scene you're talking about, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, Do you know when it, when I posted on Discord because I was trying to spoil it for anybody? And I said there's there's one visual in this episode yeah, that that's is. It. There's actually, there's actually. No, it's not that. That's not what I was referring to. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about at all. So I, we'll discuss this later. I thought you. Were no, I'm going to, I'm going to say it right now, but and then we'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. Okay. Okay. Good. It is. It is when they look there. It's toward the end of the episode. They look up and the capital ship is crashing down into their cavern. Okay. It's right there, coming straight down on top of you. That was amazing. Yes, I agree that that was good. That was not what I was talking about. I was thinking that you were talking about, and we're going to leave this out too. I was thinking that you were talking about, and this is the part where they're literally fighting in the air, and she's got the dark saber, and the the smith, the weaponsmith girl, has her thing, and they're like, it's like this slow mo, but yet not slow mo anime scene. Yeah, where they're yeah. like, like literally like clashing with the other person. That was yes. amazing to me. That was just to that me, was, to me, that was like, 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 like ten year old Eric would have flipped his lid. Like that is like the coolest thing I could ever possibly think of, and I probably wouldn't have even thought of that. But now, now you, that, you are correct. I did not put enough emphasis on that. That that really was that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And there's one more so, scene. There's one more scene that we'll talk about on the Discord. We will not talk about it here because I, I don't. I, again, I'm not trying to spoil anything for people. We bleep that stuff out. And you're probably like, why? Are, why am I listening to this? All I hear is a bunch of big bleeps. But let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. John, did well, you? Well, you asked me for a number. You asked I did me for a number. Oh yeah, I, I did. Give a number. I did. I did. One through hundred. What you got? Well, now that you've reminded me of what you just said, um, uh, uh, probably an eighty-nine. Not not, oh, not quite up into right, the nineties. Right. I was yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I was I was ninety-one. I was ninety-one. I was I had ninety-one oh, okay. in my I was ninety-one in my head before I, you gave me that answer, and I think we're both on the same page on that. It was a good ender. It was a good end cap. It was good. It was um, yeah, it was good. I I, I thought that they ended it well, and they they did a pretty good job. I, I I'm eager to see. I let, let me say this much. I'm interested to see what goes beyond for all the different characters and whatever series they show up in. Which is sure. probably the best way to set up everything that they wanted to set up. So, do you know? Do you know uh, what contract they have uh, Pedro uh, tied to? So here, here's the, my here, here's my thing. You you can have him tied to whatever contract you want because he doesn't have to show his face. He doesn't have to be there. Okay, fair did, enough. We didn't. Enough. We. I don't think you saw his face at all during season three, did you? I don't think you do. Uh, you're probably right about that. Yeah. And they have two different actors I know that play him as oh. his body doubles. Oh. What, what? So somebody told me that one of them was was John Wayne's grandson as one of them. Um, and, and they and they he doesn't have to be there. Like 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 I don't. So know. You're saying going forward, do you think it's going to be just voice booth work? Yeah, I think so. I think that's all you have to have. Which to him, don't get me wrong, amazing, amazing actor. Like like we talked about. Um, uh, we, we talked about multiple things that he's done on this podcast, Game of Thrones, everything, Last of Us. But you don't have to have him in a studio. I, I think that he can phone it in voice wise. So I think that makes it a pretty lucrative deal for him. If I'm not, if I'm being honest, you know what I mean. So no, the funny thing about that is, so in season one, as it goes through season one, I was thinking this poor actor that I'd never heard of, he never gets to show his face. <laughs> you heard of him from Game of Thrones before this show? Come on, actually. Was he in Game of Thrones? What was he in Game of Thrones? What was yeah, he? he was the spear. He was the the knight of the uh, of uh, spear. Uh, oh, sun spear. What? I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, he's the dude that gets his head blown in by the mountain, grabs his eyeballs, and splits his head open. Oh God, uh, that sounds gory. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Uh, you watched Game of Thrones, didn't you? Yeah, it's. I don't remember him. Okay, so I didn't know who that was at the time, so I I did didn't click you know, when I saw him. Uh, later in Mandalorian, I, I genuinely thought I don't know Pedro Pascal. I don't know who that is. Okay, right? I'm not a fr- I'm not friggin' IMDb. Okay. Well, I, I'm just saying he had a pretty big role in like what season four, season five of, Dra- of Game of Thrones. Like his role, he was on screen like a lot, and he was in a lot of the episodes. Hmm. And uh, yeah, ironic, I'll take I, word for it. Yeah, it, I cannot. I can't believe you don't remember him. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, and what's what's funny though is that me and Lindsay were talking about last night, or sorry, me and my wife were talking about last night. Um, he, uh, the person that played his love interest in that Game of Thrones episode was on Obi-Wan. She was like a character in like two episodes of Obi-Wan. So yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting. 
Um, okay, well, I'm going to get back to my point now. So in the first sorry, season, yeah, but... uh, I, I felt really bad for this, you know, up and coming actor. He doesn't get to show his face. Uh, that's awful. And then, of course, did he finally did, did he get to show his face? But I thought, you know, going forward, it's going to have to be limited. Otherwise, it's going to lose all meaning. And you know, what a what a what a pity. And then he became superstar, right? He boom, he's everywhere. He he is the man. Yeah. And now, so here we are in season three, and I'm thinking. Oh, he doesn't have to show his face anymore. What a great gig! Yeah, seriously, within three three seasons, he's done. Did yeah. you watch Narcos? I did not. I know the show you're talking about, but no, I've not. Yeah, watched I, it. I haven't watched it either. But everybody says he's really good in that show too. Everybody says it's really good. Yeah. No. Yep. Anyway, it's good for Pedro. Oh, well, speaking of that, did 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 you ever watch the the um, uh, Nicholas Cage, Pedro Pascal? Uh, no, the movie, the, un- uh, the undeniable yeah. weight of being Nicholas Cage, or something like that. Of unbearable talent, or, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. So, yeah. I know I did not watch it, but it looked pretty funny. I don't know anybody. No one said anything about that after it came out. Really I, bet, I bet it's pretty good. I bet it's pretty good on like that kind of indie level. I, 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 I need to put it on my list because yeah, like I actually, I should probably show that to my Q too. It's, it's yeah, it sounds like it'd be pretty good. Did you go see the I'm Mario sorry. movie? Let's no, start. Go ahead. <clears throat> I I thought you were about to go somewhere else. Uh, so did I go see the Mario movie? No. That is honestly not my not my not my bag, man. Did you go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie? No, it didn't rise to the level of being going to a theater. To go see it in a theater, oh, yeah. man, John, I love it, dude. The- I'm struggling. You're you're struggling to read books and apparently and start series. I'm struggling to get to the theater. It's just it's expensive. It's, it's, it's expensive. A, it's a well. Yeah. It's not just that. It's a commit. It's a time commitment. A financial commitment. It's just it's not fitting into life right now. I will say and, that this was probably one of the only; those are the, probably the only two movies that I've seen in the last six. I missed Quadra, uh, Ant Man. Yeah, uh, I thought for sure we were going to go see that because we're big Marvel people. Yeah. and nope, didn't even go, didn't bother. Uh, what's the one coming up? Uh, Guardians, right? Vault yeah, Guardians 3. Three. Yeah, I'm going to have to go see that. I yeah. have to go. See yeah, Guardians. I'll go see that. I'll go see that. But before that, though, I don't know that I've seen a movie in the theater like that. I've been geeky movie uh, in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I understand that, and I totally understand the cost aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like everything else is out of control. Yeah, and, and to be fair too, it usually hits streaming services. Like I think the uh, Ant Man movie hit last week to uh, buy on demand, which is not, of course, Disney Plus. It's gonna be another month or two before it hits Disney Plus. But you could you could pay twenty bucks to watch it at your house, which is, in my opinion, you know the 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 sweet spot if you really want to watch something before it hits streaming service. Yeah, and there was something that came out. I cannot think of what it was, but it hit. I want to say Disney Plus or something faster than I thought it would, huh. and so that was a treat. It's like, oh, I get to watch this now. You know, that was just in theaters. I what, have no idea what it was. Was it Avatar, John? I did see that is out now, right? That is. Yeah, on, I think. Well, yeah. I don't know. I I don't. I, I thought I read can, that it's out on Disney Plus. Oh, is it okay? Or coming I, to or coming to Disney Plus? Yeah, I know you can buy it. For like twenty bucks, but I didn't. I didn't know if you yeah. could actually watch on Disney Plus streaming it. But yeah, I mean, this... I, Avatar. We we gotta just briefly cover Avatar. Well, is... we we talked about Avatar last podcast. We, oh, we did. Okay, but just to re, re, reaffirm that it is freaking cinematic cotton candy. It is. It has oh, yeah. no footprint. It has no lasting. Uh, I I seriously would have to remind myself what the plot of that movie was. That being said, it was exquisitely beautiful filmmaking. Like absolutely, sure, jaw dropping, absolutely. I at this point, I just because he's he's playing like five, right? Yeah. So I just the challenge now is can he basically tell the same story five times, make ten fifteen billion dollars, and it has no impact on our culture? Yes, John. Yes, he can. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I, I, li- I literally leaned into my mic as if like I was being like asked by a Senate committee. If I thought that he could do that. And, and my answer is yes. Yes, he can. Because the movies are exquisitely beautiful. I mean, they are absolutely mind-boggling, detailed to the nth level. And very, very well done. I, I cannot. The public doesn't care. I cannot truly explain. I cannot explain how they are such runaway successes. I do not get it. Why does Joe Blow Six Pack give a crap? About Avatar Two, guns. I mean, there's a thing for everybody, John. You can mm. be you can be an environmentalist. You can be a 
military man against the woke crowd of whale watchers. I mean, there's, there's something for everyone in these movies. There really is. The woke crowd of whale watchers. Of people that go into whale's bellies and look at scripture that's inside the whale's belly. I mean, come on. You can't make this stuff up. It's so good. It's so good. And the fact that he you know just builds amazing vehicles. Like, like there's... I, love that you, I love that you just said you can't make this stuff up. He literally he does, made yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. You can't make up this stuff. I can't make up this stuff. I have too I, much, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't too much shame. Yeah, seriously. Uh, no. No you, talent. No. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. So, one thing I did want to bring up, and this is the last thing that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we have two dueling board games that we've been playing. I have one that I've been playing a bunch at my house. You have one that you've been playing a bunch at your house. Um, I'm going to talk about mine first. We've been playing this board game called Here to Slay. It's awesome. I think you did. You guys, you guys came over and played it. Did you guys play that game, or do we play Unicorns? I forget. Last time uh, you guys came over to board game, I want to say we played Unicorns. Yeah, I think we did play Unicorns. I don't think we played Here to Slay. Here to Slay has got like the archetypes of the different, like you're a druid or a warrior, kind of D and D ish, but not D and D ish. And basically, it's like a kind of a funny take on like um, party games or, or uh, Dungeons and Dragons party games. And uh, it's hmm. it's absolutely awesome. Um, it's called Here to Slay. It's only like twenty bucks. Buy the base game. Play it, play it with your fam. We play it during dinner a bunch now. Um, it's really good. I thoroughly enjoy it. But you talked about to me, or you talked to me about last week. Uh, you guys have been infatuated with a board game that I love. What have you been playing? Well, that, that's so funny because uh, yeah, it, going back years, I tried to to um, you know with with uh, family uh, find some. Not stupid party games, but something a little more, not crazy advanced, but it's something a little more engaging. Something that would teach strategic thought and, and that sort of thing. And I'd never heard of Seven Wonders. Didn't know anything about it. Not really into board games that much. Uh, I'd like to be. And so it was super highly rated. So I, I bought it. I think we played it one time. It seemed really complicated. And put it back in the in the closet. And it's always been on that list of... And I wish we played that more. And I think I mentioned that, that, you know, we need to, to, first of all, we need to learn a game so that we don't spend half the night reading rules. That's number one. Uh, and then play, play that, you know, and, and you, you spoke up and said, oh my God, Seven Wonders. I love Seven Wonders. I've played the hell out of Seven Wonders. And so that really inspired us. So we, we sat down, we learned it, we watched videos and, it is it is an incredible game. It is so nuanced. It is so the strategies are so interwoven. There's so many ways to win. There's so many ways to lose. It is really impressive. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those games that like I feel like you could play like five to ten times with the same group of people and be like, yeah, this is a really good game. I think I get this. I think I, I think I'm getting pretty good at it. And then you play like the fifteenth time and you're like, holy crap! There's so much I don't know about this game. Like it, it's just there's so many different variations of skill in the players yeah. that you have to adapt to that, and then by the time you play like like so I I was I told you this I was lucky we played with a bunch of guys that I used to work with and we played for a whole year we played at lunch every day literally every single business day we would play a game of Seven Wonders and we got so into it that like I would play these guys and it would be competitive as competitive can be. But then I would go home on the weekend and play with my family, and someone would beat me because I was playing a completely different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than they were playing, and and, and I didn't like. I, I was so used to playing with other people and their strategies of army building, of like you know getting this wonder because you had this you know specific one, and 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 I was so used to that gameplay that it was very easy to be outsmarted by somebody that was just learning to play. That was just like, hey, I like the red tokens. Let's keep going this route. You know what I mean? Like it was so. <laughs> it's, it's such an amazing game to me. Because you have that like breadth of of skill that can win, honestly win playing other people. That it, it's 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 probably, in my opinion, everybody talks about Settlers of Todd. Everybody talks about it. Seven Wonders to me is the best game that has come out board game wise in the last what is, I guess like fifteen years old now or something like that. Like it's like it, it, it's just such a great, amazingly well designed game. I love it. I love that game. Uh, it is absolutely. It really blew me away. I can uh, state without shame that I have yet to win a single game of Seven Wonders, and I'm okay with that because I'm I'm learning so much. Yeah. Um. I love the fact that uh you, we distribute the the wonders randomly, so you really gotta you gotta you know go with flow, stick and move. Uh, certain wonders can favor military, others favor science, and etc. Uh, you have to just 
well, you don't have to. I haven't won yet, so, you know, obviously you don't have to do anything. You could just build military all day long and, and, and just win that way. But um, it is such a good game. And it is, uh, again, the couple of uh, marks uh, of a good game are, or a very well-designed game are, you can see there's so many ways to victory. Uh, and it's it's quick, right? It's it's really kind of a quick game. Yeah, we our quick games, setup, quick play. Yeah, our games we got we got really good at getting everything together. Now, what's interesting to me though is that like we played it probably in about thirty minutes. But what's interesting to me about though is that the game changes dynamic. I mean, the game changes so much just by very small variables changing the game. Like you mentioned that you guys do random wonders, which yeah. is really tough because you've got to know how to play all those guys at any given point. The way we did it was we had six or seven guys who played constantly uh, throughout the week, and we said we had a, a select list, and basically that list moved one position every day of the week. So, oh. so like, so like, well, I shouldn't say every day of the week. It, it moved for six days straight, and then we reset the list. So, like, uh, Bob, and I'm just making names up, Bob would get to choose first on Monday, second on Tuesday, third on Wednesday. So, basically, you still got to choose your strategy, but you only got to choose it if it was still available by the time it got to you on your given I like day. That. Yeah, I like that. But, but, I, but that, I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, but that leads to a completely different game almost though, because like like I'll tell you there were certain there were certain wonders and the lands that people wanted all the time. So like if you were choosing third or fourth, you were like, Well, these are probably the ones I'm gonna have the available. It's like the draft. Like these are the people I'm probably gonna have available to me. Like what strategy do I want to try to employ today? And that's yeah. a lot different than getting a random wonder. Because you've got to know all of them at that point. You know, like you've got to know every single or, or like, well, that's what I was saying. Or you, or you don't. You just you just play whatever strategy. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, you and feel you might, like, and you'll and probably you, win. And yeah. you beat dad. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that can be a little frustrating. But um, oh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Oh, that's the other thing. So we're only playing. There's only three of us. So we've only played three person games, which is which is effectively the minimum. So when we get together and we're playing seven people. That's going to be very different. That's going to be we've not had done anything like that. You know, it, it's extremely different. And two, um, there's well, there's probably more expansion packs by now. I'm not sure, but there was one I think expansion pack that we played back then um, that added I think two different wonders. And I, my guess mm. is there's probably more expansion packs now that add even more. You know, uh, so so the game can change completely differently because you just shuffle those cards from the expansion pack into the the draw hand. And um, and that's another thing that that game does really well is it sometimes comes down to chance just but but who's sitting beside you and what they chose for their card you know what I mean like there's a very yeah there's a very neat dynamic there and that expands when you're playing three people it's one thing but when you're playing seven people it's a completely different thing because now you're like how, what you know I'm only gonna get one card when that hand comes to me you know and there I'll never see any of the others so I have no clue what everybody else is choosing yet you know what I mean so it's kind of and, a, and that no that that just hit me that the, when we play I get to see the same hand like what exactly three, three times yep. four times five times and with a full table yeah you see it one time holy crap that's going to be so different yeah and also too you can kind of like look at other people's cards and be like if you're playing three player this card will come back around to me probably because they're not playing yeah, that card right. they're not playing that exactly. card exactly but and so I'm going to choose this one based on the fact that I think this one will come back around to me that's out the door like sometimes you don't even see what cards you know you, you get literally handed the one card and that's it you know what I mean it's 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 a it's a very very well designed game I highly recommend it to anybody um, I think there's actually an iPad version now that you could go on and try and just kind of see like if you like the game but I will say that if you do play the game give it time to marinate because it takes it, it's a it's a learning curve and um, well don't don't do what I did don't don't sit down and think okay let's play Seven Wonders tonight for the first yeah, time agreed. let me read the rules holy crap. First of all, don't 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 do that. So you YouTube. want to prep a little bit. YouTube it. There's like a yep. ten minute video that yep. is eye opening. So like, we'll oh, post that. This is not complicated. Yeah, send me the, send me the link, John, and we'll post that on the show notes because that definitely needs to be posted. Uh, I got one that I remember watching. I'll see if I can dig up. It's the guy that always does the board game explainers, and um, and yeah, you, just watch the video. I know it sounds really weird to watch a video, but sit down with everybody that you're going to play with and watch the video. And generally, even if a concept missed one person, it'll be caught by somebody else and be like, oh yeah, the guy in the video talked about that. Um, it's much easier to sit there. It's so daunting to sit down, especially trying to read like, um, you know, these some of these German board games where you're just like, all right, now wait, what is this again? And then of course, everybody's getting bored. Everybody's eating chips. Or everybody's you know, drinking beer behind you. You're trying to figure out how to explain it to everybody. And yeah, YouTube's a lifesaver on those things by far. Yeah, I, I always think of uh, Ticket to Ride because we really enjoyed Ticket to Ride, but we always had to read, read the rules, especially 
uh, setup. I, I can't remember how to set this thing well, up. That's, I'm, that's I'm not different, going though. to remember yeah, how to set yeah. this up. That, that's a little different to me. Just that's what I'm saying. The Seven Wonders doesn't have that problem. Seven Wonders yeah, it's true. is yeah. so straightforward once you just get the basics. It's right there. It's It all makes sense. There's nothing complicated about it. Great game. Great game. Probably, like I said, one of the best I've played in the last 15 years. It's just so well so well designed. Okay, so thanks for joining us on episode 38 of the 11 Parsecs podcast. Uh, next week, we're, we're going to be coming with episode 39, which it looks like if we go by BBY order, we are still in 21 BBY. Uh, we are going to be watching Season 3, Episode 4, Spear of Influence, and Season 3, Episode 8, Evil Plans. So I have no real clue what either of those episodes are going to entail. The Spear of Influence sounds um, kind of interesting. Uh, Do you ever read Spear by Michael Crichton? One of my favorite books growing up. I thought it was really good. Uh, probably my favorite uh, novel, sci-fi novel, certainly of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that makes me have a little glow, a little dance in my step, John. That's that's a great. <laughs> Maybe Sphere of Influence will be just as good. Um, and we'll also review Tales of the Jedi Episode Four. I don't remember the name of it at this moment. I feel like I remember it being something about Doku also. So we'll probably continue on that storyline. Maybe all of Tales of the Jedi's Doku's kind of backstory. Maybe that's what we end up being. Uh, but still, it, it, very very good series. We'll be able to watch uh, Episode Four of that. And uh, John, thanks for joining me, man. That was an excellent beer. Oh, God, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Stay safe. This is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, episode 38. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. And be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with Sincerity Personified, Eric Thompson. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. <laughs>